If you like the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast, consider giving us your support on Patreon. Hello and welcome to the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. And I'm your other host, Richard. And tonight, tonight, Richard, it's the night. It's Kit Kat night. Yay! So have you heard of Ruby Red? Have you heard of Ruby Red Kit Kats, the red chocolate? Nope. I believe this is the actual red chocolate where they actually like change the chocolate to be red. So we're going to try them. Ooh. All right. So these are the little individual. It's actually like a half individual size. That's why I think it's actually the legit ruby red where the chocolate's naturally a red color. How do you get red chocolate? The cocoa bean. The actual cocoa is red. Hmm. Mm. It's more expensive, and that's why you only get one little mini stick and a mini pack instead of two. It's quite pleasing. I think there's strawberry in the center or something. It's not strawberry. Is it? There's a certain red berry flavor. Yeah. It only tastes red. But it says ruby... And the package has, like, the red cocoa bean, and then it has, like, the, the red-pink kind of colored chocolate. Mm-hmm. So is that a buy again? I think so. Buy again. It's I got mean, a very nice, sweet, tart finish. Yeah, so this is, I'm quite sure, the actual red chocolate that naturally grows red, which you can't really get here in Canada, but they have it in Japan. And Brendan got me a... My beer. A Klosterhalle. Klosterhalle. You can't pronounce German... Crafted and canned in Germany, so it's import- this is an imported non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. It's very hoppy. Correct. A imported non-alcoholic hoppy beer. Yeah, so I was at the Farm Boy. We, we love Farm Boy in the show. Almost as much as we love the, as the Asian grocery. The Asian grocery. Asian grocery and Farm Boy, that's it. They're also like next to each other. So there is a certain one-stop shopping convenience kind of. So anyway, how is your German imported beer? It's got a nice sweet finish, very hoppy, and it doesn't taste like a non-alcoholic beer. Klaus Thaler? Original. Klaus. Klaus. Oh, that was a clicky can. Klaus Thaler? So that's pretty good. Crafted and canned in Germany. It seems weird that like we actually have cans of beer coming across the ocean. When I was in Denmark, I accidentally bought beer that I thought was Danish because it was in a Danish grocery store. It was actually made in Brooklyn. It was from some big New York, Brooklyn microbrew. It was fine. I can't remember what it was, a lager or an ale or something. It was unmemorable, except that I drank beer from Brooklyn while I was in Denmark, which seems odd. Yeah. Well, it used to be that imported beer was strong. That's why, like, the Molson export was 6%, I think. And Right. Um, oh, in some American states, because they taxed the beer based on the alcohol percentage, some states would have a lesser alcohol amount than the beer. You could sell it for cheaper, so people would buy that instead. Well, no. Also, the other reason was because higher alcohol beers travel better. Oh, okay. So the export is 6 or 7% beer is better than a 4%. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know if this is a good pairing, but we have... Sake Kit Kats, because last time we had rum raisin. Remember I thought okay. it was sake because it had like a yeah. wine glass, but it had a raisin. It was a rum glass, apparently, a Japanese rum glass. So I I don't know what I'm doing. But this one here that I found. Actually, my, it says sake on it. It says sake on it because I got a big mix box. It's a sampler box, and it's all the different kinds of Kit Kats, all the, but only the Japanese ones you can't get here. So we're going to try sake Kit Kats. These have real sake in them, not for children. 
It's like those little uh, chocolate liqueurs that they used to sell. The brandy beans. This is the, this is the Japanese Kit Kat equivalent of a brandy bean. Yes. Smell it. Smell that. Yeah, it smells alcoholic. Yeah, because there's real sake in this. I don't think you get drunk eating them, but they say not for children. I might just be marketing. Wow, the the aroma like I feel like I'm drinking a sake with the, the scent and the flavor in my mouth. Mm-hmm. No, it's you cannot buy these outside of Japan, which is a pity because they're kind of they're quite nice actually. I mean, if you like that sake that have alcoholic chocolate thing, yeah, it's um these are quite nice. I think I prefer sake, but next time. Picks it up in Newfoundland. <laughs> in Newfoundland. I'm going to Newfoundland on a big road trip for a wedding. And, uh, yeah, we'll get some sake. So bring, back, bring, back, bring me back a bottle of Screech. Bring me back a bottle of Screech. Screech. So Screech is terrible. Screech is rum from Jamaica that's brought into Newfoundland in the big barrels. And then it is bottled and they mix spices into it. And it's, it's pretty rough. Yes, it, but it's an experience. Everyone asks me, do you like Screech? No one likes Screech. That's why you kiss the cod, to get the taste in your mouth. I think in olden days, all of these really like horribly strong tasting things, for men who are working so hard and always smoking a pipe or cigars or other stuff, and you know heavy metal poisoning, what can you taste? Here's the roughest, strongest tasting thing we can invent. And then people, like like the um, the hot sauce in the southwest of the United States with miners. Right? Where like they would lose their taste and all they could taste was the hottest hot sauce you can make. And I think Newfie Screech Rum might be like that. It's also, uh, you know, probably is something to taste in the age of food being boiled or fried or boiled or fried or Britishness. Or boiled then fried. Or boiled then fried or something. Yeah. So, um, I think that's a buy again, actually. That yeah. sake kick-out bar. It's, it's a bit weird. It's not an everyday buy again. No. But if I was in Japan for the holidays, yeah, definitely. That would be my Christmas Kit-Kat if I was in Japan for Christmas. Yes. I agree. Time for tonight's topic. Richard wants to talk about sun tanning his butthole. Perineum sunning. Perineum sunning, which is basically butthole sunning. Because your perineum's that bit of skin between your butthole and your front your front, Plum, your front plumbing. Yes. Your front plumbing. Uh, or your taint, as the kids in the hall back in the 90s put it. Yes. Don't remove my taint. I need my taint. It's my fleshy fun bridge. They, they did a whole episode about taint. I didn't know what a taint was when I saw it. I'm dating myself. But uh, I know what it is now. And that sketch is gross. Uh, it is. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything in the whole like plumbing region of a human being is gross. Nothing is good about a human orifice. Even the word orifice sounds bad. A moist orifice? A moist orifice? Mm, how a moist? moist? A Which moist, mo- fleshy orifice. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> that sounds pornographic. Um, we're really having a chill Friday, aren't we? Yeah. This is a chill Friday podcast. Um, so, anyways, I happened to just be skimming the news this, this morning, and I ran across an article saying, why you shouldn't sun your perineum? I'm like, who suns their perineum? People do. On the internet, people do. Apparently, this is a bit of a TikTok trend right now. There's so many nerves there, and why wouldn't you? It gives you good vibrations. What do you mean, vibrations? I don't know what they meant by vibrations. Like that classic song? I'm talking about good vibrations. 
but from the sun. So is this like a thing that ladies like? Is this like a lady thing? This was apparently um, in the early 2000s. It was a thing with... uh, 20 years ago. Yes, with wellness influencers. You know the the type of the type of people who also sold like DoTerra essential oils before I was a mainstream uh, MLM. Yeah. Or wait, let me say 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 that again. Before I was a mainstream pyramid scheme, because multi multi level marketing is just another name for pyramid scheme. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the DoTerra thing would actually work for any of these kind of sales things. If you have your own online store, your own Shopify thing. And then you buy that brand and resell it. You don't make money from reselling it. You make money from having other people resell. Oh, getting the people below you to sell it. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's um, they had a problem a few years ago. They couldn't take Canadian Mastercards. A friend of ours was selling it. So we tried to buy a thing to like support her, and it wouldn't work. And we kind of get the attitude like, "Oh, your credit card must be," you know, "No, my credit card's fine." And then I found it after the fact. They're having a problem with Canadian. I think it was Canadian credit cards or Mastercard or whatever it was. There was some credit card problem, but uh, yeah. But in any case, getting off of DoTerra because that's a whole other topic. It's a whole other. Topic. Who cares? I mean, what a pyramid? Yeah, a legal pyramid scheme. I think is if it's sales, if you can make money selling it, I'm kind of on board because the better salesperson you are, the more commission you make. So as long as commission, as long as the commission structure is fair, that kind of works. But if it's one of these things where you have to have all these people below you selling just to make any money, like the Amway people. It's or, exactly like Amway. Yeah. And the, the problem with the thing with Amway is if you actually signed up like 100 people you know to buy a product from you, you could probably actually make some money at it. But in today's world, you could probably make better money with the, um, the people who do the side hustles with the, uh, what do you call it, like the commission link. You get or the affiliate link, yeah, and you have an Instagram page dedicated to bicycles and bicycle stuff, and it's every single picture on your Instagram account is an affiliate link to a thing on Amazon or somewhere else. So every time you click through, you get uh, you know ten cents or a dollar if someone buys something, and people do this, they make three or four hundred bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month off their Instagram accounts. You have to spend a lot of time managing those accounts. So I had- that's still better though than a Amway thing or a. Do Terra thing because those things there's, there's so much administrative effort you had to put in. Yeah, and if you ever ask someone who says they're making money doing it to actually lay out how they're making money, they can't do it. There's a it's it's like a lot of industries. It's like um it's kind of like real estate agents. The top I forget what it is twenty percent top quarter of people make good livings. But a lot of real estate agents are on the bottom. It's a part-time thing. They sell a couple houses a year. It's a part-time job. They don't really make any real money yet. You know, so it's one of those things as well. The people who are really good at getting other people to jump on board and try to sell stuff for a year or two. Yeah, with, but with real estate agents, at least um, they're not trying to recruit you. No, no. They're just a – in theory, they're a seasoned professional that gives you sage advice when buying a house. When you finally buy the house, they get a big fat commission check they have to share with their agency. Okay, back to the perineum sunning, though. Oh, yeah. How do we get into real estate from perineums? So basically... Uh, you want to buy a perineum? Want to buy a perineum? A pair of what? <laughs> what color does it come in? Uh, pink. Pink. Or brown. Or brown. Uh, let me check. I'll it's check. skin toned. It's skin toned. Uh, that's, a, that's a terrible color, skin tone, because that could be anything. 
what color is it? It's definitely one of them. <laughs> well, so, it's not orange, unless you're tr- unless it's Donald. Donald Trump. <laughs> so the whole orange look he has, like, is he like extremely jaundice? No, or is it actually like just the face like suntan thing? Is it's 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 like spray tan. It's makeup. Does he actually use spray? I mean, it's probably fancy makeup. He can probably afford. But is that what it is? Yes, because the- I've seen pictures of him without it, and so, he looks dead. Well, he eats a lot of McDonald's and junk food. He probably doesn't, he, he probably doesn't have a balanced diet. Oddly, as as one of the richest men in America, I, I don't know what he's actually worth. Some people, some of the richest men in America, um, only if you talk to him. Well, there was there was some guy who was. Apparently part of the New York elites, and he said realistically he's probably worth 150 million, give or take. And this guy kind of knows who owns what, who's invested yeah. in what. And he said that's probably what he's worth on the whole, but it really varies depending on if you sold everything you own and stock prices fluctuate. But but, but in any case, if I was worth 150 million dollars, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't look orange. I don't look orange now, and I can't imagine that amount of money would change me. In a meaningful way that I would then want to look orange. So back to perineums. Yeah, so they so, aren't the... So, hold on, hold on, sorry. So basically people are waiting until the sun is up, it's bright, it's sunny, and then they're doing a downward dog with their pants off. Yes, to uh, sun their perineum for health reasons. I mean, a bit of UV on your uh, on your cheeks, that's probably good. Yeah, but you can do that without, you know, uh, losing your dignity. Uh, I mean, it just seems like a weird way to pose. Like, if I was going to pose like that, I would want See, someone I trusted with a shotgun to protect me from attackers or bears. Yeah, so it is the probably one of the weirdest online trends that I have run into in it, a long time. That's a weird one. So um, Now, what's really odd is that the article I was reading, they, interviewed, they also interviewed, they talked to some of these... Uh, influencers. Um, and influencers are just popular people. They're just popular no, they're, no they're, they're, they're wannabe popular people. So if someone's an influencer, if someone has like a million followers, like regularly following them, find your influencer. If you have like two or three thousand comers and goers, eh, I don't know. Basically, people who call themselves influencers are freeloaders. They're all freeloaders. Anyways, but back to this is that they, they actually interviewed a uh, a doctor. He's a oncologist. Okay, so a cancer doctor. Specialist. A cancer doctor. Cancer and doctor. he said, I would strongly advise against this. I've removed skin cancer from people's perineum. And so I'm like, going, okay. Whereas, yes, the taint sunning, taint sunning. is gotta get some sun on the is taint. a weird trend and that sort of stuff. I doubt anyone's doing it enough to get Skin cancer down there. I mean, you can get skin cancer anywhere, I guess. Yes, you can get skin cancer anywhere. You tend to get uh, basal cell melanoma, which is from sun exposure. That's, that's the main one you get from sun exposure. Um, and it is non-malignant. Right. You get a patch. I've, I've got some probably precancerous spots on my arms, like right there. Sure. But basically... The, the- you don't need to show me your taint. Your arms are fine. We'll leave it at the arms. Yeah. I don't need to see your taint. I'm not a doctor. But, you know, it's sort of the, at worst, they're, they're disfiguring. Um, that's not great when you're, you know, have to get part of your nose cut off or something like that. But it's, it sounds terrible. But that is sort of the most common uh, skin cancer um, from sun expo- over sun exposure. 
Um, there is a connection to malignant melanoma with severe sunburns. Not okay. not so ranchers and that sort of stuff. Farmers they don't tend to get malignant melanoma. It's your weekend warriors that are in the office all week and then go out and you know. So what people are in sun more for their job, their their body's more used to it or something. Yes. So basically, it's sunburns which can give you which lead to malignant melanoma. No, oh, I see. So a little bit of consistent sun. Yeah. All the time, you're wearing like a big hat and you're shaded. So my question to this guy, this doctor, would be. So, yes, I understand what you're saying. Do you have evidence that it was taint sunning that led to this cancer? Right, because the same person, if they're doing other bad things, or even just they're genetically predisposed. Yeah. So, you know, if if this person, you know, it's his reasoning for not doing it from a health perspective um, was weak. Yeah, I, I think you shouldn't do it. Just well, if you, if you want to do it, fine. I don't think it's going to be a, a, but it's just a weird thing to do. That's big in Germany. In Germany, Jeremy Clarkson did a series uh, on the BBC many years ago, and it was like visiting the neighbors or checking on the neighbors. And he basically did a different episode in all the main neighboring countries in Europe, so like in France and yeah. Germany and other places. And in Germany, he's there at a public park, and you see this big fat, you know, probably. Probably like 50s something German businessman. He comes out, he sits down in the grass, pulls off all his clothes, completely naked, even his underpants, and just lies there in the sun and rolls over in the sun. And Jeremy Clarkson, you'll be English, he asks people, he says, Is this okay? Is that okay? They're like, Yeah, that's fine. He's just in the sun. He's just enjoying the sun on his lunch break, and he'll go back to his office. And then the guy gets up the end and gets dressed and goes back to his office. And in Germany, it's perfectly fine to be completely naked in the park, sunning. But not, but tourists think, oh, I can be naked. They start walking down the sidewalk naked. No, that's not okay. That's not no. Like in the park in the sun, yeah, get naked. It's fine. If you're lying down sunning yourself, you shouldn't be uh, in the park running around naked. That's no, no, no. But like you're just you're just gonna take in some sun. So I wonder, is this big in Germany? Because you could, in theory, do a naked yoga on a mat on the grass. Well, I think it might actually come from the naked yoga movement. It's probably where it came from originally. I'm going to do a downward dog, butt naked, in the sun. It's like, ooh, that feels... I feel something there. That's pleasant. That's pleasant? Mmm, sun on my bits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... I mean, can you think about it? How often does your uh, downstairs plumbing area get sunshine? I know I appreciate a nice cooling breeze at times. You and your firm. Gross. <laughs> I think the Scottish were onto something with kilts. The thing with kilts is, in the Scottish, a sheep uh, can hear a zipper a mile away. So, <laughs> yikes! Well, on that note, uh, perineum sunning is—we're not doctors—probably fine in limited amounts. Yeah, it just it's whatever floats your boat. Um, we're not here to judge, but it's odd. And it was a weird thing to run across when I was browsing the the uh, the news first thing in the morning. It was that's how I woke up. That's how I woke up today. You woke up, looked at the news, and you're like, "Oh, people are sunning their buttholes." Yes. Um, sometimes it's called two hole sunning. I guess that's for the lady folks. Well, thank you so much for listening. Have a good night, everyone. Two-hole sunning. Yes. Butthole sunning, taint sunning. 
Tank yep. tan's gonna take tan. Yep. Oh my god. Should we try it tomorrow? It's gonna be a sunny day. Uh, Together or oh, separately? New thing: a yoga on a paddleboard. So I could go up the paddleboard, and then in the middle of the lake, and sun my taint. Yes, you could. Ooh, technically, you could. Oh. <laughs> Middle-aged man talk. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Patreon. <laughs> Woof.